So guys, welcome to Friday Fraudsters or Fraudsters on Fridays or whatever we're going to name it. But you have Kelly Paxton, our pink collar crime guru, Joe Irvin. And I always mess up your last name. Did I get it right that time? Got it right that time. Yay. Now, Joe is Joe is our ethics person. She's going to tell us if we have a good ethical environment in our organizations. And me, well, we're still trying to figure out what kind of use I have to folks. Uh, primarily, if you have a broken process, I can go in and fix it. So Kelly's going to tell you what in the world happened. Joe is going to tell you why you're in why your culture is so messed up. And I'm going to tell you how to fix those processes. We've got a lot of people coming in. We got Mark. Hey, Mark, I hadn't seen you in a while, man. Uh, we should catch up sometime. Mark says, good afternoon, all. Mark, Mark, Mark. Oh, man, sight for sore eyes. Technology and me, <laughs> it doesn't mix. Hey, but you made it, though, Mark. So, um, you know, yay. Hey, Alicia, thanks for inviting us. Why wouldn't we invite you guys? We want to have a discussion here because uh, what we're here today to talk about is what I'm calling the actual the crappy company. <laughs> Kelly and Joe are laughing because they already know what happened and I am just going to stall for a little while longer to let a few more people come in because the LinkedIn notification it goes out like about 60 seconds after you start your live broadcast and we want everybody to hear about the crappy company um, maybe I should take that down that might not <laughs> that might entice some people to actually leave instead of staying uh, <laughs> it's like I don't want to hear about crap it's Friday <laughs> we might have to run to the bathroom. <laughs> right, right. Hey, hey, Stephanie says she is looking forward to listening. Well, Stephanie, we don't want you to just listen. We want you to chime in. This is an open discussion for everyone. Hey, Raul, Raul, where are you? You're over in Southeast Asia. Let me know where you're from. Drop that in the chat. There's my buddy Clarence. It has, yeah, Clarence, you're on, man. What do you mean? Has it started? You're on it. <laughs> This is first time for everybody, right? We're uh, yeah. To this. You know, I, I think we may actually be the first people to actually come to LinkedIn talking about fraud. So this is pretty cool. If you guys like it, we will do it every single Friday. Mark likes the crappy company. Yeah, Mark, they probably needed you to help with that investigation. <laughs> James from Philly. Hey, yes, it is working. It truly is. Seattle. Yeah, you're in India, Raul. That's right. I knew you were somewhere over there. Yeah. Wow. Mumbai. All right. All right. So look, guys, like I said earlier, we are here to talk about the crappy company. And I mean that in more ways than one. Here's the company, Ubiome. And hopefully I'm saying that right. They recently found themselves in trouble with the SEC, and I'm not talking about the Southeastern Conference. This is not college football. I mean the Securities and Exchange Commission. So let me just tell you guys what they're facing. This is something very serious here, in all seriousness. I, I call it the crappy company, but let's get serious here. The SEC charges them with, well, $60 million fraud. So that's no small number. And here's what they're facing. Conspiracy to commit healthcare fraud, a maximum penalty of 20 years, actual healthcare fraud. I mean, look, if you're going to conspire, you might as well just go all out because it looks like the penalties are the same, right? A maximum of 20 years. So conspiracy and then actual healthcare fraud or alleged, sorry, let me say alleged healthcare fraud, aggravated identity theft and aiding and abetting two consecutive years for that. 
conspiracy to commit wire fraud and securities fraud. Five years for that. But wait, guys, it gets better. Actual wire fraud and actual aiding and abetting 20 years. Look, if you're going to try, try hard and go all out and, and, and just go through with. OK, that's a joke. That's a bad joke, but that's a joke. Uh, fraud in connection with the purchase and sale of securities and engaging in monetary transactions uh, with proceeds of, ooh, of specified unlawful activity. That's a long one there. Wow. Hey, look, guys, we got people from everywhere. Northern Colorado, James Wilson, Robert Hogan. It's a lot of you. You're you're impatient. Don't be impatient. <laughs> Clarence says he doesn't see anything. Huh? Maybe refresh. Yeah, maybe refresh, Clarence. I'm hoping everybody else sees something. Because we should be live and direct right now. But but yeah, so they have a lot of things going on right now. They're facing quite a few uh, uh, um, crimes, being charged with quite a few crimes. But let's give a little background on the company first. And then Kelly and Joe and I, we will weigh in and, and talk about it. And we'll take some comments from you guys. So the company was founded in 2012. And in 2012, it was a direct-to-consumer organization. So they had this product that they were selling where um, it was a test that you, it was a test that you would take and you would send them a sample of fecal matter. Yeah, it was a poop company. So you would send them your poop and they would run a battery of tests to see what was wrong with you. Now, this test was less than $100, but it was, again, business-to-consumer. So in 2015, they decided they wanted to turn their focus to insurance companies. So they developed a product that they could, well, pitch to doctors so that they could build insurance companies. And everyone knows when you can build insurance companies, that's when you hit the jackpot, right? If you've ever been in the hospital, you know that that one aspirin cost about a gazillion dollars. And thankfully, we don't have to pay that, but kind of gouges our insurance companies, right? And then they pass the cost along to us. This is why this is important. Well, what they ended up doing was they created this Internet portal that allowed doctors to order the test on behalf of patients. But the big problem with that was the doctors didn't have a relationship with the patients. And in order to build insurance companies, you have to at least have had a consult with a physician. But they didn't have that consult with physicians. So this went on for a few years. And by 2017, they really launched the doctor network and they were being paid for insurance reimbursements. And this was really interesting because their attorney actually sent them an email that the SEC and the FBI has gotten a hold of warning them that this was probably not a good practice. So as you see the timeline created in 2012, by 2015, wanted to do insurance billings. By 2017, had, I guess what you would call an internal whistleblower. But the other thing that happened in 2018 was that they wanted to do an, uh, a Series C offering for their stock. They weren't publicly traded yet, so they went through Series A, B, and C. So let's just talk about what that is for a minute. So most companies want to be publicly traded, but they have to go through several rounds. So there's Series A. Series A is pretty much your product launch and your marketing strategy. So you get enough funding to do your marketing strategy and launch your product. Then you go through Series B, which is for expansion, and development. Well, when you by the time you get to series C, 
you're preparing for your initial public offering and you want to be acquired. So the two owners that started the company were preparing to get rich and cash in on this company. So that's the phase that we were in in 2018. Now, in 2018, they raised approximately 60 million dollars and the company was valued at 600 million dollars. That's a whole lot of money for a company that was full of crap. Right. I mean, let's just <laughs> let's we, just call it for what it is. You know, can we um, talk about the product name, the Gut Explorer. I thought oh, yeah, the Gut Explorer. So look, guys, that's the background on the company. So what I'm going to do is do what I do best and just be quiet right now and let Kelly and Joe kind of talk about some other things that they've found and that they've seen with this company. Well, I, I, I did a little digging, open source Intel, and everyone knows uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and, you know, all of her sort of woo-woo stuff. Well, she called them an innovator in 2018. And then recently, you know, she's pulled all that back. Um, but from Mashable, I love this quote. Empire built on shit has had such a messy collapse. I mean, let's just put it out there. It was built on shit. They stopped tweeting around 2019. And that might have been because either the SEC was looking at them or, you know, you have to have a quiet period. Um, but then Rob told me at the beginning the two founders actually got married. So I'm wondering, much like Rob, is did they get married? So, you know, no testifying against each other? I don't know. Well, and let's take it another step further. They got married in either 2018 or 2019 when the stuff <laughs> was about to hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could just throw it on this one. So, so, you know, it, it probably does stand to reason that, well, maybe... Maybe they got married so they wouldn't have to testify against one another. But this is all speculation, you guys. So everything is alleged right now. Hey, we got Dan who's saying two great guests. I'm assuming he's talking about Kelly and Joe because we all know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much useless, right? <laughs> well, and you know what's funny? Dan put out there that Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes want to be. You know what it reminds me of is that apparently blood is worth a lot more than I'm going to say poop. Mm -hmm. because Theranos was, you know, up here and they're down here. So apparently your blood is worth a lot more than poop. Right. But well, you know, yeah, because Theranos was, was worth a few billion, I think. I don't remember the exact number, but I know it started with a B. <laughs> but about the same amount from investors, very similar charges, 20 years possible. So it's interesting that we hadn't heard this much about this one as we do Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. So yeah, and that is interesting. But you know what, what's really unique, too, if you look at the personalities involved, they all seem fairly similar. I'm trying to find this quote from uh, the SEC. So here's what they said. They said the defendants closely monitored and managed every aspect of Ubiome's uh, operations together. Now, what that sounds like to me is we had a couple control freaks. And they were keeping everything, you know, very tight and close to the vest so that they could manipulate. Anyway, again, this is all speculation. But what does that sound like to you guys? I mean, Joe, you're our ethics expert. What does that sound like? Well, it sound, it does sound a lot like Elizabeth Holmes and her controlling nature. That's for sure. And that company. Um, what I also liked was in the uh, uh, the U.S. attorney that said, 
Um, it was all about their efforts to move fast and drive business. And that sounds to me like a lot of different companies in Silicon Valley. So on top of Theranos, right? Um, and I loved that it said, um, it says the defendants turned a blind eye to compliance and pursued at all costs a path to design to bring the greatest investment in their company. So like there's so many terms there, you know, blind, I talk about blind spots and ethics. I talk about people. I want people to uh, worry about integrity at any cost. And this is the opposite of what people like this are doing. So it's just every word I just and the whole move fast and break things mentality, which is one we've heard. And uh, it's one of my sev seven deadly sins of organizations is that move fast and break things mentality. So. And like um, Elizabeth Holmes, you know, she's pregnant. And I did not realize there is a term called plead the belly. So is this founder, can I get pregnant too? So um, yeah, the whole, I did not know the plead the belly, but they've gotten married. Now Elizabeth and her boyfriend didn't oh, get wow. married, but she's married someone else. And yeah. Wait, wait, so say that again. She didn't marry the boyfriend. She married somebody else. Right. And she's pregnant. So and of course pregnant. her trial has been pushed off. And so is this woman going to do this too? I don't know. Yeah, you first, know first it was plead mental insanity, right? That's the first Elizabeth Holmes route. And now it's the plead the belly. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen next? Right, right. Hey, check this out, guys. Melissa Goddard said, as my grandfather used to say, polish a turd, it's still a turd. <laughs> I mean, you know? Oh. That's good. oh, goodness. These comments are hilarious. <laughs> well, everybody, well, it's Friday. Let's just put it, let's leave it at that. Everybody. Right, right. I mean, it, it really is Friday. And, and, you know, I was actually looking for uh, another quote that I had found. Um, let's see. Well, actually, this one wasn't a quote. This one was directly from the SEC documentation. The company's attorney warned that any test prescribed based solely on consumers questionnaires versus a live consultation between consumers and a doctor would be a reimbursement risk. OK, let's just call it for what it is. That was just plain wrong. So what he was talking about here was the fact that they were uh, billing insurance companies and the doctors had not consulted with consulted with the patients. That's wrong. You can't do that. I like the way the attorney kind of smoothed it over in the way he said it, though. But but what do you do? You know, you're working for a company. They're paying your salary and you come across this and you want to tell your bosses, look, this may not be the best thing to do. So I think this was pretty good the way that he said it. But but what about the ethics in that, Joe? Look at that. Isn't that weird? Kelly, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, you know, one of the things I thought is um, people are embarrassed. I listened to a podcast the other day um, and it was about a telehealth company. And some people are embarrassed to go to their doctor, like especially about like a bodily function like this. So I think there's probably a lot of victims out there that did the hundred dollar test that didn't get anything. And again, this is a health risk. Can you imagine getting a test and it says, oh yeah, you're fine. And it turns out that, you know, you have blood in your poop or whatever, and you're not fine. I mean, it's really frightening, but the fact is, is, I mean, not to talk about the whole healthcare thing, but the fact that people are embarrassed to go to their doctor maybe and say, I think I might have this issue. And so I think they were kind of feeding off of that embarrassment. 
Yeah, I, I think you're probably right because, I mean, goodness, it is kind of embarrassing to go to the doctor with certain things. You know, but, but you, here's what's interesting, and I don't know if either of you guys researched this because I didn't, and I probably should have. With Theranos, the product didn't work. Did their product actually work? Was it just uh, uh, poor uh, billing practices? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Stephanie, fear sells. Oh my gosh, fear sells. And yeah. I would say if they would have kept this as a direct to consumer, they'd still be going. I think so too. But but see, that begs the question though, was it the same product? Was it the same product that they were using in the direct to consumer that was about $100 or less? Or did they invent a new product? Because I know they introduced a uh, uh, a product for women too. So they had two different products in the end. They had the first one that was uh, dealing with fecal matter. And then there was a second one for uh, women. And I, so I think it may have been a totally different product. And I do think uh, to your point from everything I've read, it seems like the product did work. So and even if you look at the, the list of indictments that or offenses that you read at the beginning, you know, most of those are around, um, you know, insurance fraud, healthcare fraud. Um, you know, wire fraud, those kind of things. So I think the product itself did work. Um, although what, what makes me wonder is this comment that says, um, the indictment illustrates that the heavily regulated healthcare industry does not lend itself to a move fast and break things approach, but rather to approach of compliance and accountability. So that makes me think that there might be, have been a piece of their product that didn't work. Right. That, you know, they weren't maybe it worked, but they weren't following regulations as they should or those kind of things, because that's what leads me to think that that they were kind of doing that Theranos uh, approach. Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering. We have somebody who said uh, reimbursement risk. How will fraud examiners and auditors test for this in the pandemic era? And that, that's a very good question. It's a very good question. Mark is saying uh, they said they had two different products, but with their unethical culture. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. Who who knows how many products I had? They had, and I just saw. I read earlier too that uh, so the original product was about less than a hundred dollars. When they were billing insurance companies, they were billing up to three thousand. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the you know thousand dollar aspirin. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it's well, kind of crazy. And when you think about it, billing insurance companies, they're going to get paid faster. Well, granted, when you're paying $100, you're having to pay it up front. I'm sure they it was paid up front. But the insurance companies, you know, billing at 3000 Yeah. Yeah. The case of the crappy company. <laughs> Well, I also read something recently that, uh, and, and God, I hope this is still not true, but it said that they were now labeled as fugitives. So they were at some point on the run. I haven't looked to see if they are still on the run, but at some point they were on the run. I think, um, you know, Kelly, you can dive into this a little bit more. What, I, what struck me with this case was how, I'm going to use the word normal, these two husband and wife looked. So I think for everybody on the call, you know, Kelly dive into sometimes this is people that you would never suspect uh, doing something like this. So 
Yeah, I posted a story this week um, that was, oh, in Crime Reads, it was great. It was about the fact that like Ted Bundy looked normal. What, uh, Bernie Madoff looked normal. We're always looking for the scary guys. And when you see people that, you know, were on this company, I went and I looked, there's a lot of medical professors, bioethics professors that were consultants or special advisors. You know, if they're going to put someone up like, just ridiculous. Pablo Escobar, you might be concerned. But when you see professors from, you know, colleges and medical schools consulting, it legitimizes. And, you know, it's also the Silicon Valley. And everyone's got a thing. And there's people have the fear of missing out. Okay. Took the money and had the runs. Oh, my God, Mark. That's I think what I was just yeah. comment. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, if you want to talk about, I know Rob wanted to get into auditors and red flags a little bit. I think Kelly brought up a huge a point about, you know, when we're auditing our board, a board like Theranos didn't have one healthcare medical background on the board, you know, but maybe this company did. So that's not all we have to look for, right? That's just one of, of those red flags, but you know, in any case, I think that's what I learned from the Theranos case, you know, to really look at who is advising and consulting. Well, and, and, you know, what's really, really interesting is the fact that I just lost my entire train of thought. <laughs> Must have been a lie. I heard that. The <laughs> it, it, I was thinking of when you said boards, you, you made me think of something else about the board. And then it just it just left just that fast because you guys, I'm here behind Command Central and I'm literally controlling everything that you see and everything that we do. But you made a really good point about boards and about the Theranos board. And um, yeah, the thought hadn't come back yet. All right. Somebody else. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is there's all this money going into SPACs. So who knows a, what a SPAC is, a special purpose acquisition company. Yep. And how many of these crappy companies are going to come out when the SPACs start, you know, the bubble bursts with SPACs. Um, so I, I'm surprised that this company didn't take the SPAC route, or maybe they were trying to get the SPAC route and maybe people found out they were full of shit. I don't know. So, <laughs> well, and I, I like, I always like, uh, from the Theranos documentary, there was this one line and I hope I don't mess this up. It says technology doesn't lie, but the people behind technology do lie. And so yeah. I've always, you know, it, it's about the people. And, you know, I think that's something investors need to watch for. We as auditors need to watch for. This is why I talk about auditing culture and leadership and people, because it's not even necessarily the product. This poop product might have worked. It's the people right. doing the actions that don't have the values, right? This is why we, I want to connect actions to values that makes the difference. And I think that's what makes this a good story to me, besides the fact that it's a poop company. But and my thought came back and okay. it just looked again. Good grief. <laughs> no, talking about the people. Um, when you said the people, it made me think, okay, so there's some reports that there were some internal whistleblowers as well. And so, Kelly, you and I have talked about whistleblowers, and Joe, you and I have talked about whistleblowers on my upcoming podcast, The Corporate Quitters. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, we, we've talked about whistleblowers and why they don't come forth and what really happened. But 
there have been hints in news stories about the whistleblowers here, but we've not heard a whole lot. One of them, I'm assuming, was probably the attorney. But why do you think the whistleblowers haven't really come forward? And maybe they did help the SEC and the FBI and everybody else that came down on this company. No one wants to be a whistleblower. But you know what? Much like Theranos, this is people's health. And I think there's I think people have to when it someone's health is involved, I think it's much, much easier to be a whistleblower. Whereas with health and safety, I think that, you know, you just you do it. But when it's something that isn't going to potentially hurt someone, maybe they're less likely. But I think they thought that this could hurt someone. Well, and I think, um, you know, just from the, the bit I've read, you know, they hired attorneys a lot of different places. I don't know if you guys noticed that. And so what sparked in my head is what Kelly said, did they get married because of spousal privilege? You know, did they start hiring attorneys, um, you know, because of that attorney client privilege and not speaking up? And it just it, again, it takes you back to the ethics of these two individuals in my mind running this company. So, yeah, well, and then it makes you wonder, too. How much did they conceal from uh, the board? You know, because they weren't a public company yet. So they didn't have some of the requirements that you would have as far as having an internal audit department, an audit committee. You know, so how much did they conceal from their board or their oversight equivalent group? And who knows what their governance structure even looked like? Good questions. Yeah, this is this is all just amazing. Uh, we have some pretty good comments coming in. Um, and this one is fairly new. Robert, I don't know if you said that at the very beginning. I mean, this is this is new stuff. March 21st. Oh, yeah. So we're going to hear more about it. No doubt. So what's fun to me is that you guys can all follow this story now. The poop story. Yeah. And Stephanie makes a really good point. <laughs> Stephanie makes a really good point. Uh, she wonders what the false positive to negative results percentage are with this product. Yeah, that. But again, I am assuming, well, you know what you do when you assume. <laughs> God, this is crazy. You know what you do when you assume, but I'm assuming that maybe the product actually worked because no one is saying anything about the actual product. Melissa is just she's on a roll. She's doing a bunch of one liners here. Liars figures, but figures don't lie. That's a good yeah. one. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. So um, this is our first Friday fraudster, but I'm going to bet that everyone that's in this, every time they go to the bathroom this week, they're going to go, ooh. It's good. That's why I love the whole idea of Friday fraudster is because this is all stuff that we can't, like there's something about it that we all can think about. And you guys are going to think about it this coming week while you're doing your daily. <laughs> yeah. Now, James is saying efficacy would have come out in the in the trials. Yeah. In, in the clinical trials, it would have come out. Um, I, I don't know if they actually did any clinical trials for this. But, yeah, I, I really would be curious to know if the product actually worked. I bet we'll find that out. Yeah. Robert Hogan is saying technology inherits the bias. Blah, blah, blah. The yeah. body of its users. A absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way of saying that, too. I'm going to start using that, Robert. I, I, I'm not going to give you credit or quote you anything. No, I'm just kidding. But no, that's a great way of saying it. And Mark, man, Mark, they haven't said anything about the product. But yeah, again, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Hey guys, this has been great. We are coming up on the 30 minute mark. Um, this has been great discussion, great interaction. Um, I think we should probably do this again next week. But here's what I also think. You guys listening to the live or to the replay, if you come across any stories you think we should all just talk about to bring it to the LinkedIn community, email either one of us. I mean, because we we talk regularly. Seems like almost every day now, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we talk a lot and we can schedule whatever story it is that you guys have found. And uh, Kelly, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Wait a minute. Hold on one moment. Let's see if this works. Kelly, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, so I am on LinkedIn, of course, uh, pinkcollarcrime.com and then on Twitter, PDXCFE. So uh, all sorts of places, wherever Joe and Robert are, I will be there too. All right, Joe, where can they find you? Uh, my website's auditconsultingeducation.com, of course, as Kelly said, on LinkedIn is the best place. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. And you can find me on LinkedIn. I post almost daily, every day, sometimes twice a day. You can find me at thatauditguy.com, thatauditguy.com. And let's take a look at a few more comments before we call it a day, because there are a few more coming in. I like this one. James, make it weekly. There are plenty of bad companies out there. Start with the Enron mess. Oh, boy. That really is a mess. Mark, super time. Thanks for doing it. Super <laughs> you got to love Mark. Super pooper weekend for the attendees. Um, Melissa saying absolutely agree. Enjoyed the discussion. Stephanie just bought Kelly's book. You know what? You got to go buy ours too. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to, but it would be nice if you did. <laughs> thank you, but Stephanie. Yes. Thank you, Stephanie. Kelly's book is very, very good. Uh, you know what? Here's what I think I'm going to do. I am going to lead us out with the nice video that led us in. That way people can see um, they can see all of our contact information. If I can find it again. Yeah, they can see all of our contact information. And I think that's a nice way to close it out. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. See you next Friday. Friday.